0: Yes. Yes. Welcome in. It's QFTA on the Tim McKernan Show. March 29th, 2023 from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson with you on the podcast. Jackson, tell me what the good word is.
1: Now we got the sun peeking out here in St. Louis. We got opening. oh,
0: how do you do, friends? Spring
1: has sprung in St. Louis. Yeah, we got uh, opening day here in about 24 hours. Oh, how do you
0: do, friends? As millions will gather in downtown St. Louis.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's a good time to be alive. Hopefully, this warm weather sticks around. I played some golf this weekend, and I don't want to stop playing golf. I want to continue to play golf until oh, uh, the end of October starting right now, so I hope that this weather stays nice and we get some dry, cool, nice temperatures.
0: Let me tell you something, and I'm going to call you boy slut, but in an affectionate way because I'm carrying over the momentum of Boy Slut Wednesday on TMA this morning when gentlemen called in to give their sluttiest stories. And in this case, just one guy called in to talk about beating off on his balcony at midnight. (laughs) But But I still want to keep this momentum going. Right, right. I, Jackson, have have played uh, 11 rounds in the month of March, mm-hmm. South Florida area, 80, one, one, two times, I apologize, one time up until yesterday, played the course that I had played uh, in all of 2021 when I was here for six months in 2021, it is a it's it's easily the toughest course of the ones that i had been playing uh played it not from the tips but the blue tees and up until uh if you want to pull up the video so right. you can see the there shot mm-hmm. looks like it's about 180 there was some wind uh on 18 i have 180 in after my tee shot on a par 5 and i know that my 5 iron jackson is a wider shot dispersion then my six, but I just, with the wind in, felt like, and I'm carrying probably 150-plus yards of water, and with the wind, I'm let's get it over, and let's get it on. Eagle putt, birdie it. At that point, let's see, I finished with a 77. So at that point, I was four over. Let's see if we can get it down to three over, which would be a 75. And post a great number to head back to St. Louis with and really have that kind of momentum to carry into the Fan Page Club Championship, which from my standpoint, uh, the Jay Randolph Jr. Fan Page Club Championship, the only thing that I have not done in my career is win the Jay Randolph Jr. Fan Page Club Championship. So I want that momentum. And then I hit the five iron into the water, Mm. Uh, really excited about it. The fun, fun, (laughs) because it was never a sweat, just a snap hook, maybe 130 yards out, uh, just dead into the water. Hit another five iron. That was also dog shit, but it went over the water. And then the player, as you see, just, oh, it's all I had been working on is the chipping and the pitching. And, oh, I'd have about a 34-yard pitch, we're going to call this, and it nearly goes in for par. Uh, it has a tap-in for, for bogey, so I finish with the 77-5 uh, the over par. And, and even though it's disappointing to finish that 18th hole with that bogey, it was great to play the toughest course and, 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 and shoot a decent round for me. That would be on the lower end of, of my range on that course. Sure. Now, the reason I bring this up is the following, and I know you as a... Is a South Florida, Gulf side gentleman, mm-hmm. Florida Gulf Coast University. Mm-hmm. You know this, and I don't know how well people in our audience uh, can can relate to this, but what the wind does to the golfer is immeasurable. If I'm playing Abacoa, which is right next to Roger Dean Stadium where the Cardinals play, which is I didn't break 80 there once. If there's no wind, I, I think I'm breaking 80, and even if I'm not playing well, but it's because of the wind. Sometimes a four-club wind, sometimes it's out of the east, sometimes it's out of the south north when a cold front was coming through. It's just, it's unlike anything. And I and I and so when I'm building daily fantasy rosters and and checking weather, this guy's always like, "Don't worry about rain. Don't worry about worry about the wind. That's the thing that matters." And that is why I posted because I was really overall hitting the ball well. Finally got the chip picking and pitching down, which is super important. But the wind, sweet mother of mercy, Jackson, the wind. Ah, yes, the wind.
1: Yeah, and it can be a four club wind, and then you can club up four times. But it's still, like, still going to balloon up in the air with whatever club you're going to take. And it, it's you're still probably going to end up short, even if you do club up correctly. And then also the wind swirls there, so it's not like it's going to yes, stay indeed. consistent, where like, you know, okay, well, at least it'll, become, it'll be with me on the way back. It doesn't work like that. It'll change basically from when you address the ball to when you make contact. So it's a total crapshoot. The wind is such an element down there in Florida on top of – uh i mean chipping and pitching on bermuda grass is
0: oh how do you do
1: i mean it's it, you know it's one of those
0: things that, that you don't think about until you're dealing with it And i'm sure some people don't even you know know or would care about the differences in, in grass but bermuda is this really tight it's basically like if you're in st louis if you're having to chip sometimes on a down slope sometimes on an up slope, but whatever off of a of a putting green. That's right. that's that's that's, that's yeah. the best analogy I can right. deliver, and uh, and so it's obviously super tight in St. Louis for the most part. Gateway being an exception with the bent grass, you're you're on zoja, and zoja fluffs the ball. Yeah,
1: very and so forgiving. So it's
0: easier to strike it. Yeah, very forgiving. So the numbers were big after posting the 77 yesterday. I come back to St. Louis as a 5.0 okay. index. But here's the thing about it, Jackson, and I just want to give people reason for excitement because I know a lot of people tune into this podcast to hear how my golf game is, mm-hmm. uh, and they're and they're really excited about it, and they're really excited that I spent a month in in Florida because a lot of people in St. Louis uh, want people to be happy and to leave St. Louis to to be happy and right. they like change, uh, so. Uh, I, I want to make sure that I spend time on all those topics. Cause I know that that really makes people feel good that, uh, I'm coming back to St. Louis and I got a little fire under my ass because I feel like I'm trending in the right direction and I don't give a fuck. All right. I don't <laughs> give a fuck that I'm a 5.0. I feel like I am moving in the right direction and you know, who's in my crosshairs, you brother, because I can tell you feel like you're nipping at my heels to take control of the dais. I feel like you're trying to force me out of the show. That's the read I'm getting, to force me out of the show. And the way you're gonna force me out of the show is clip me in a $10 NASA. That's what I think is going on, not happy about it. And so I have spent weeks in Florida, weeks in Florida, acting like my family's down here. I haven't seen my wife and kids in a month because all I've been doing is working on my golf game to make sure you don't catch me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been planning a full coup here now for months, and I guess now it's been foiled. Um, yep. But I can tell you, I play Like I said, I played twice this weekend. I don't think I'm nipping that many heels, but I also feel I am trending in the right direction. As weird as that sounds, I, I, I feel. What's your index, bra? Ten uh, seven at the moment. Uh, it was ten one before this weekend, so good things are happening, and um, yeah, and so. But I do feel. It was so wet this weekend that it's tough to get a gauge on what you're actually doing. Like chipping is almost impossible when it's so wet that any, if you hit it even a quarter inch behind the ball. You
0: know what? This is one of those things that's coming with experience. And I don't know why I'm, I I wish it would have happened, you know, 20 years ago. But then again, 20 years ago, I wasn't playing golf. Uh, You just learn that, okay, you don't, you don't hit a a wedge there. I mean, listen, I'm sure guys on tour do, but, you know, taking non-professionals or non scratch yeah, absolutely yeah. taking a maybe even maybe seven iron and you're just running it And you go okay i know i'm not going to have control but i'm not going to chunk it right into the ground because i'm hitting off of swampland. right so yeah. it's just one of those things that you, that you learn and um yeah i wasn't necessarily surprised that i scored decently went into number nine yesterday uh the course is the preserve at iron horse they've just built new greens and i hadn't been there i did it's my first time playing since being down here. I hadn't been there since they had done these new greens. And uh God, the, the number nine hole is now five hundred and fifteen yards from the blue tees, par four. Get the fuck And up. I saw 5-15? the head throw. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't believe like I I played there with Nagel, who had a Monday qualifier for either the Puerto Rico Open or the Punta Cana. And uh and when I played, I was playing the blues and he was playing the tips. And on number nine, I was doing the standard thing where I'm just driving to the tee box. And then he'd go, sorry, we got to go back. And it would usually be, you know, 20 or 30 yards back where he's sure. teeing off from the tips. Well, in this case, you're going back across not a huge body of water, but a body of water, swamp land ish stuff. And uh, now they got the blue tees back there with the tips. And, you know, usually when I'm hitting a second shot on a par four, at the very most, unless the wind is up, I'm hitting, God, I mean, at the very most a seven iron, usually, usually, certainly there are exceptions. Um, and in this case, it's like driver, you know, four iron and, uh, and bogey that. But either way, I like the direction I'm going and I'm looking forward to playing in St. Louis. And, uh, and really what, what I've been telling my wife who I haven't seen in a month, because all that I've been doing mm-hmm. is working right. on my chipping and pitching down here and she's excited for me. She's really like, Oh yeah, you go down there and don't worry about the kids. I'll, I'll handle it. You just work on your, your amateur golf game. (laughs) Uh, I said, Jackson's in my crosshairs. Fucking hate him. (laughs) Right. You know that she hates you too. I know. And, and, and we're not going to let you get $10 (laughs) Venmo to you from me when I get back. And that's, and that's why I spent a month, in Jupiter, Florida. So yeah, full transparency. What do we call this? Honesty in media. Is that the name yeah, of it?
1: Yeah, it's moved, it's moved down the hallway, and we're and we're still honesty in media. And I get it. I get. It. I, right I I think what you did, going there for a month, getting right. Uh, I didn't anticipate that. Uh, I'll have to change up yeah. my strategy, but I will get that ten dollars off of you. If there is a God, I will have that ten dollars off of you at some point. Wow, what a
0: promise! Bringing yeah. religion into it, adding controversy <laughs> yeah, to the well, podcast. I'm a well, you can email host. in. You are a controversial host. Email in your questions, comments, erotic stories. TMCKERNAN at, uh, inside insidestl.com. We also gave out Did we give out your email address last week? Did you get any erotic stories? I was thinking maybe there's a chance people don't want to send them to me.
1: No, I think I didn't get any Perfect. rogue erotic stories. And by the way, we did give out my email and I am open to it.
0: Yeah, send them in. Uh I am doing my final program from the uh from the world headquarters and in South Florida, we'll be heading back, and uh, and I'll be back in studio with you, boys, and back in studio on Balloon Party uh, on Friday, March 31st, for those of you listening live on the program. And then next week, outside of the opener tomorrow, doggies in town, the Masties, mm. and that's the time of year when my synapses start to fire and I start feeling good about the world.
1: Oh, me too. I I I've, I'm about to re-download the Masters app on my phone, and that's the oh, best time how do you of year. Do. It's the it's my favorite thing. Is when I re-download that Masters app. And my least favorite thing is deleting it for another year. But man, yeah,
0: I I do have some kind of oh, an odd, uh, yeah. I, I actually I, I I don't I hesitate to use this term, but I truly did have a depression on the Sunday night of the Cardinal World Series Parade in 2006. Now, full transparency, I had been up all night, may or may not have been with a member of the Cardinal outfield at the Stag Bar until 8 a.m. Uh, and so, you know, that, that may have factored into it. But uh, I remember that night going to bed and I said to my wife, I go, I don't know what's going on, but I'm I'm depressed. And it was a weird thing because I had, for 20, 40 years, all I had wanted to see was the Cardinals win the World Series because I saw it when I was had just turned six years old in 1982 and barely remembered it. And so that was my quest. And it's like, the quest is over now. And holy crap, I'm I'm feeling some kind of depression. And I, 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 I certainly don't experience depression on Sunday of the Masters as it's wrapping up. But. I go from this, like, I cannot wait. And now that my son's into golf, mm-hmm. uh, my older son is into golf. Uh, we're, like, looking forward to watching it next week. And when it comes to a conclusion, I love the PGA Championship. We had it in St. Louis five years ago. It's odd to think that it was five years ago. That, uh, you know, that, that comes up the following month in May. But let's be honest about it. The Masters is in a different class than the PGA Championship. And from my standpoint, the U.S. Open and the Open.
1: Yeah, it depends on the location for both the U.S. Open and the Open. Um, Obviously, the Masters will always reign supreme. But, like, you know, if it's St. Andrews or St. Andrews, as they call it, like it was last year. Ah, I like
0: that, St. Andrews.
1: Yeah, or if it's, like, uh, maybe Pebble or, like, another, like, very, uh, you know, cool classic American chorus, Pinehurst, uh, then I do enjoy the U.S. Open a a lot. But uh, nothing compares to the Masters. Just, I mean, you can watch it with the sound off. And just stare at oh, the at glorious. the scenery and how beautiful the course is, and uh, we'll we'll get some Chris Vernon show uh, Masters updates, oh, which I yeah. love, which I absolutely Tony Finau, where he be now? Absolutely, and uh, so um, I always look forward to it. But also at the end of the Masters comes uh, summertime in St. Louis, sundress season. Ah, yes.
0: Oh my! Are you gonna are you gonna lock yourself down with a lady? Are you gonna continue to play the field as the most eligible bachelor in St. Louis?
1: Uh, you know, always open to things. Never want to stick to one uh, idea because you gotta, you gotta have the variables. But I, you know, I'm, I think I I am a a better person if I have a significant other. So I, oh, uh,
0: wow. So you've been a bad person ever since you started on this show.
1: Yeah. in like in relative terms, yeah. So just imagine me with, but you know, I just, wow. I feel I, I'm a, uh, I'm a nesting creature, you know, less. More, more, much Are you more, really? Yeah. I like to think so. I like to think I'm, I'm better with a significant other. I've just, maybe not happy. I like to have but,
0: a significant other, but then lobby for my significant other to bring others into the bedroom. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that means I'm a nester or I'm a guy who likes to build a nest and then stop by other people's nests and see what the word is.
1: Probably the latter. Yeah. But yeah. you know, but it's yeah. always, uh, what was it in your marriage vows? It's not cheating if it's the same <laughs> yeah, sex. It's not cheating if it's
0: gay. Yeah. Yep. The uh the Reverend uh <laughs> asked us to repeat after him, and I know that that caught some people's attention when that was in the vows. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? We, we, were, we were celebrating our own way, and if you didn't like it, you could get up and leave. Speaking of which, you can get up and leave from this podcast if you don't like it, but you can also send in whatever the hell you want. T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at inside stl.com. We're in the homeloneexpert.com studios. And and it's funny because I don't know if this is necessarily sent for QFTA, but we had Ryan Kelly on this morning, the home loan expert.com I had no idea that mortgage rates had fallen into the fives for a thirty-year fixed and the low fives for a fifteen-year, and uh, and so I just because he had made reference to the fact that rates had dropped, and I was going, holy shit! I had no idea that that's the case. Uh, so a listener DM'd me. And said segment two with Ryan, when you asked about mortgage rates, I can only assume you're looking to buy in Florida. Hence why the question was asked. If I were you, I'd get an addressable rate. Rates will go down during the election cycle and then refinance to a lower rear and lock in when you see rates a fixed rate stabilize. A couple of my clients here in Florida have done it, and it only makes sense. Hope it helps. And I'm thinking to myself, I gotta be honest with you. That's not why I was asking. One hundred percent swear on whatever. uh, but I, I appreciate the observation. Now, when I asked that question of Ryan Kelly, is that what you were thinking, Jackson? Be honest with me. I don't give a shit what your answer is. I just want the truth.
1: I truly wasn't thinking anything of it. Um, I didn't. I, I was not checked out, but I, you know, how my, my attention goes. Yeah, you ADD. Was, like, left and right, and I'm, that was at the beginning of second hour, so I was probably dealing with something in the first hour podcast, sure. and, and truthfully, uh, once I heard Ryan get on, I kind of mentally compartmentalize and go to the next thing so i didn't really, really feel yeah right. i wish i gave you a better answer but that's the truth
0: no hey yeah. the, the the best answer is the truthful answer and then yep. if that's the truthful answer then that's the best answer so yeah when he he said i came back late as i was using little wizard's room my one-year-old has just started to walk and so uh he was walking around and i was entertained by that so i returned to the segment just uh, a little late and then Ryan was talking and he was talking how busy he has been because rates had dropped. And I had no idea that rates had dropped. I really didn't. I, but, uh, I was excited for his sake that, that rates had dropped. And, uh, if you were looking to buy a home, Florida or otherwise go to the home com because as Ryan Kelly told us this morning, rates have dropped. Now we discussed on TMA yesterday, just everybody on the show moving to Florida and, uh, and Plowhawk was in, Iggy was in, Doug was in, uh, I of course am in. But Jackson, you were the uh, you were the weak link, and uh, a lot of buzz, a lot of buzz about that.
1: <laughs> I, I mean I would do it. Don't get me wrong. I, like I love South Florida and get to live there would be really awesome. I I you know that's basically it. I would do it, but I mean I have you know my family's here. But you don't
0: want to do it. Like if somebody were to say to me, let's 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 put the shoe on the other foot, Tim. Would you move to Florida to do TMA? My response, as you know, would not be, I would do it. See what I'm saying? Right. What would right. my response would be? You're goddamn right I would.
1: <laughs> right. So
0: you saying I would do it conveys some reluctance.
1: Sure. And I have a lot of friends down in that, especially in that area of South Florida. Um, so I would, you know, it's not like I would go down and be lonely, but uh yeah I mean, I have some reservations, but I would do it because it would be a great opportunity and it's cool. and what I'm, are your reservations? I just don't necessarily like want to like uh, you know, leave St. Louis at the moment. I'm happy here, but I uh, you know opportunities come a knocking and if that's the case and is it all
0: about your mother and father and your siblings?
1: Siblings, and I got my two nieces who I really like to hang out with and um but uh also you know, friends here and uh, so are
0: you saying that I don't like my family because that's what I feel like you just said.
1: No, I didn't say that. Um, but you, but
0: you said that you like your family.
1: <laughs> I do, I do like my family. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm boxed in here in some sort of weird cross examination.
0: Some of it's an amazing thing I've noticed. This is a, this is a thing in in radio and now. By the way, just and I'll, maybe I'll return to what I was about <laughs> to say. 50-50. one in ten shot at best. <laughs> When people ask me when I'm down here and usually it's I'm just playing golf because as a single and playing golf with Mm -hmm. people, I don't know. And then eventually, you know, they're so amazed by my game that they start to ask questions about me and I'm not going to ask questions about them because obviously they're not as good as me. And I say, oh, I'm a a broadcaster. And they go, oh, you do a podcast. And it's so interesting to me that in 2023, because I'm used to people jumping to either television or radio, but that the, the the first thing that comes to mind for people is podcast yep that surprises me Now it might not surprise you as a 25 year old but it surprises me as a 46 year old also somebody who has done television and radio in addition to podcast. Yeah no does I it mean, surprise you
1: I've, but I' have but I don't it doesn't necessarily surprise me but I have noticed it like I uh, was with we were at a bar watching some college hoops the other night and a buddy of mine who I hadn't seen the while came in. Uh, and I was telling them like what I do. I was telling, I kept saying, you know, we're doing this thing on the radio, this radio show, TMA, the radio show. And like, he's leaving and he's like, Hey man, I'm going to make sure I listen to that podcast you do. I'm like, well, I just explained that it was, it's a podcast, but it's also a radio show. So like people's mind now have completely gone to podcasting in a, in a total major way. So yeah. It and it, and it, at Hubbard,
0: I can tell you that, that they, they call our show a podcast. Yeah. I think All of us on TMA call it a radio show. I don't think anybody really cares which one it is. Who gives a damn? You know, are we? Is everybody making money? Is really essentially what it gets down to. To be real honest with you, not that that should be cutting edge. That's the way that every business works. But uh, they call it a podcast. We call it a radio show. Whatever. I guess because it started as a radio show. I don't know. You can access it wherever today. However, you could not access it at the outset of the show. (laughs) As uh, what happened the Plowhawk. Yeah. We were on YouTube, but we weren't on right. radio.
1: So this board that I'm currently sitting right in front of, um, it, it's it's both can be a hot board and can be a cold board. Uh, so okay. we have a button. It's a, It's actually really cool. Like we have a button that we turn outside the hours of 7 to 10 so that we can do exactly what we're doing now, this podcast, so it doesn't go out over the air. Then when you switch it, you click a different button. That turns the board hot. And anything that's set into the microphones when the mics are potted up then goes out over the air, and so we always have that button in bypass or cold, so that nothing ever goes out over the air that shouldn't. Um, and we only turn it on when the show starts. And sometimes one can forget. I've done it. Plowhawk's done it. We figured it out. It was podcasts and YouTube were fine, but those listening streaming or on the radio uh, could not hear it. So it, I would, I would magical. I would rather the situation be that the show doesn't go on for about 30 seconds and we fix it rather than, you know, you and I start this podcast and someone didn't flip it back to the old button. And then we're going out. Over oh, the air.
0: and all of a sudden we're dropping F bombs. Right, and...
1: exactly. So I, I would, if we're, uh, the, the two evils here, I would take the former much more than the latter.
0: I would agree with that. We always there on the side of, uh, caution and, and conservatism when it comes to, uh, judgments, when it comes to broadcast, but sometimes man, a mic is hot and, Four right. motherfuckers have been mm. taken out by it. So, what was I saying when I said we won't <laughs> probably return to this topic? See uh, if you can. It's like uh, Hansel and Gretel with breadcrumbs. Right, crumbs. Can oh, we find our way back?
1: I felt like I was on the stand being cross examined because I said, "I." I oh, like... radio
0: hosts. Yeah, this is a real thing. That it became it became like an attorney style of arguing that you get somebody to answer in the affirmative to something that is essentially irrelevant to the case. And if you could do that, then you were a hashtag tell it like it is host Mm. that you could get people to, you know, well, answer the question. Did, did you, or did you not say this? Well, yeah, I said this. Well, see. Then, then, then then, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. It's, it's like this courtroom style drama. It's a tactic. And, it, it, as I would listen to it growing up, I'd go, but this has nothing to do with what the person is arguing, but it makes the audience feel like the host is winning the argument. This is uh, used by national hosts and uh, and can be portrayed as victorious in the argument when in reality it has nothing to do with the actual case, which I would imagine is a tactic that attorneys use in courtrooms to make the jury feel like the witness has just either perjured himself or herself or lied and has just been caught in a lie, when in reality it has nothing to do with the whole case. So that is what I am doing here today, and that is how I am discrediting you right. as I believe you are uh, trying to run me out of really, really more more than anything, balloon party. I feel like that's what you want for yourself.
1: Yeah, yep. that's the property <laughs> I just so desperately desire. Oh, my God, I, I, I stay awake all night thinking about how i can how that's I can okay aside. so
0: now now i mean this podcast is going to take in the title of today's podcast jackson wants balloon party for himself <laughs> You imagine people will get that notification that.
1: and say what are these two talking
0: about? <laughs> yeah what are they talking about oh. uh yeah so um got uh got a potpourri of questions as is the case whether or not i get to more than one is who knows you never know you can always set the over under at about 1.5 and bet the under and probably win more often than not but send your questions comments erotic stories and team occurring at inside once you get this house and maybe it is going to be a house next to us as we all move to south florida sans jackson we'll see if <laughs> producer joe wants to move in with iggy And uh, we'll have a wonderful little home in South Florida. You get it insured with James Carlton, 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. James Carlton is my insurance agent, so I'm speaking about him from a uh, firsthand and first person experience. I could not possibly be happier with my experience with James Carlton and his staff. Absolutely world-class, and a world of difference, truly, from before. And it's not to say what I had before was bad. It's just to say what I have with James Carlton is at another level. And that's why you find 309 five-star reviews for James Carlton, his staff, on Google. Carltoninsurance.net. That's James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. And happy birthday, as we're broadcasting right now, podcasting, whatever, uh, on March 29, 2023, to the great Jamie Burkhardt. Mungan St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota, the official automotive provider of both TMA and the Tim McKernan Show podcast. If you're in the market for a car, 314-252-0029, 314-252-0029, or... You can just go online and go shopping at stlouisacura.com, altontoyota.com, and see what they have to offer you. They have new cars, uh, and the supply was down during the pandemic, so that's a big development. They service all makes and models, regardless if you bought from them. It's Morgan St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota online at stlouisacura.com or altontoyota.com. All right, Jackson, anything on your mind you want to talk about? You want to talk about what the word is? I want, I want to know what's going on with you.
1: Mm. Did you watch Cause the-
0: I am Because I am, I am not in a good mental state. So anything I say is going to be verbal bile.
1: <laughs> Did you watch the uh, new episode of Succession? I have not. Okay. So that's that, that was good the, or bad? Uh good. Real.
0: Okay, that's what I assume. Now, I was actually this this leads me to something that I that I had ready to go on TMA today. Sweet. But we what we didn't get to it and it was one of your links. And so it might be a better podcast topic.
1: Mhm.
0: for for Uh, for as Mike Claiborne would say, for a number of reasons. Uh, It was one of your links. Do you know where I'm going with this?
1: Uh, Because I brought in a television show, I'm going to say that review of Ted Lasso I sent.
0: Yes. I got thoughts on Uh, that. So I I don't want to hear your thoughts just yet because I know a lot of the people in the audience are not familiar with this review, but I know that the vast majority of people listening to the podcast are familiar with the show, probably would consider themselves fans of the show, New season, perhaps the final season debuted, as Jax and I are talking, two weeks ago. Uh, so as of this evening, I believe, it will be three episodes that will be out right now. Two episodes have been released, a new one every Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. The title of the column, the review, a nauseatingly nice Ted Lasso does not work without COVID. And it goes on to shit on Season three of Ted Lasso and uh, finishes with this observation. The constant sweetness has gone from necessary to nauseating. Ted is not a character anymore so much as a flat embodiment of the askew motivational believe poster he hangs in the locker room. And like Ted, AFC Richmond are perpetual underdogs who absorb and repeat niceties while treading water or sewage as the case may be. Television tastes have changed. The biggest new show on TV this year is HBO's The Last of Us, about a zombie apocalypse. Another recent talker, which debuted in late 2022, was Hulu's dramedy, Fleischmann is in Trouble, in which a young New York City dad's life is thrown into chaos when his ex-wife has an affair and abandons him to raise their kids alone. And HBO's succession, with its cutthroat, loveless family vying for power, scored its best rating of all time, 2.3 million for last week's premiere. Audiences are no longer looking to be coddled. Sure, there will always be room for feel-good stories on TV or at the movies. Successes like Top Gun, Maverick, and Avatar, The 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 Way of Water weren't dark journeys into despair, but... They weren't a kindergarten sing-along either. Simply put, Tad La- Ted Lasso OD'd on heart. Season 1's finale was called The Hope That Kills You. To right. Jackson, you love Ted Lasso. You sent that link over. I would imagine you have watched the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on that column, sir?
1: Sure. So he mentions in this review um, The Last of Us. Fleischman is in trouble and Succession. Now, what all those shows and Ted Lasso have in common are their human stories. Last of Us is a story, is a show about zombies, but it's so much a human story. Succession's a show about business, but it's a human and family story. Ted Lasso is a, might be about soccer, might be based around soccer and Premier League soccer. It's a human story, and it, it to, uh, toggles between the niceties he's talking about in real life, human relationship issues that go way deeper than some kindergarten sing along. That's I mean, I, and I get panning a show totally cool. It's a very well liked show. So writing something like this certainly is going to be titillating and flashy, but when you, you got to look deeper into it, man. And you can, if it's, this is just about season three, then I have less thoughts, but if you're going over the whole show, and I guess the basis of the review was that, like, it worked in COVID when people were needing something to improve their day-to-day lives, and this was a great outlet for it. Kindness, kindness is always in style, man. It's always good to be kind. It's always good to look at things with an optimistic and positive outlook. That is a great success, a key for success in life. And so to say that this is coddling an audience. I, don't, I think it does the opposite. I think we've had anti-heroes. Succession's been on for a long time. Sopranos is obviously super popular. We're in the year Breaking Bad. These are anti-heroes. To get a real hero story again, a real good guy story again, is actually way more rare than it is common.
0: So I, I disagree with what the premise is that it worked during COVID. My observation so far, which was independent of this column, my wife and I have watched the first two episodes uh, is that for some reason, and I don't know why, for some reason, I don't think it's particularly good. And it is coming off. And this has nothing to do with this column. I read the column when you sent it over mm-hmm. immediately because I'm like, oh, I had been thinking this, but I watch it right before I go to bed. So, you know, I'm hopped up on shit and then I forget about it. But then when I saw the column, I'm like, oh, I'm going to read this right away. Because I had been thinking the same thing, didn't talk about it necessarily with Anna Marie, because again I just pass out from right. sleep sleep pills. But I'll think, God, why why does it why does it feel different? Now I don't think it's because of COVID, because I watched season two and I wasn't really thinking of COVID. Right. I think when I first watched it, it was uh, it was early twenty twenty one, even though it came out in August of twenty twenty. But I, but I feel like for whatever reason, it feels different. And I don't know when I say if it feels different, if I think it's bad or it just feels different and they're laying the foundation for something that's going to turn. And, and that's why I'm glad we're talking about the podcast, uh, because if people don't want to hear it, they can, they can skip ahead on like on, on, on TMA. Uh, so what is your thought on the first two episodes? Do you see where I'm coming from, or do you still think it is uh, five stars?
1: Well, no. So here's my thoughts on it. I didn't like what they did with uh, with Nate in the season two back half. I don't think that they gave enough of a reason why he would get so angry at Ted and leave. I thought that was underdeveloped, and I thought that threw me for a loop. Now they still have a chance to redeem themselves with Nate's arc in season three. So I was already kind of off to a rocky start, and I did feel that way, but there were two major scenes Uh, That really, I thought, uh, changed the tone in a good way. I thought uh, Rebecca learning that, uh, you know, Ted doesn't necessarily want to bring in new players and she goes, you know, she calls him uh, Mr. Lasso or Coach Lasso and uh, he says, yes, ma'am. That completely changed the tone. And then you got the dichotomy of that when uh, he goes out on the press conference and uh, Keeley texts her, thank you for letting Ted be Ted and i thought that was a really really good moment and then trent crim and roy why Kent, was that a good
0: moment i don't follow that i'm sorry
1: uh because she had a uh, it was essentially a crisis of faith moment because her ex-husband now has west ham, west ham and right. she wants to she wants to beat him and she doesn't believe ted she now doesn't believe that ted can be that person and she doesn't realize that you just have to let ted be ted and so she got upset with him and then once Keely talked her out of it. She restored her faith and realized, no, this is the guy who I want. This is I truly believe in him. I think the second moment that I really enjoyed was the moment between Trent Krim and Roy Kent. I think it speaks a lot to what we do in sports media where someone is trying to get ahead and takes things personally and not professionally and uh, how that can cause uh, animosity. And sometimes when you talk it out and everyone speaks honestly about their motivations for what they did as opposed to dying on hills, then you can reach common ground, you can reach a consensus, and then uh, you can move forward. I really liked that moment in the second episode.
0: Got it. All right, all right, I'm following you. Yeah, there have been uh, some moments where it's like, ow, oh, this is just kind of like dorky, shitty. Yeah,
1: stuff. there's That's definitely the, times you know? with that. Uh, with the, but, and, but
0: then I'm going, has it always been this way? And I'm, Am I just feeling different? I don't know. So... That's why that review stood out to me, and uh, and, and, and and I was going to discuss it on TMA, and we just ran out of time. We had you know so many huge topics to get to that I right. couldn't get to it, but right. uh, but uh, yeah, I was curious because I know you're a huge fan of it. I'm a fan of it as well, and I've watched the first two episodes, and I thought it was rather underwhelming to date, but I'm, I'm certainly willing to give it a time. At the same time, you're talking about Succession, which then triggered my mind, to the Ted Lasso column. Mm. And uh, I, based on the way you're talking, Succession, which debuted its final season uh, a few nights ago, uh, started out strong. It sounds like.
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of um, of what they've done with Succession. And one last thing on Ted, uh, the the way that they make this show, I think, is also really brilliant. Like, if you want, go, I don't, I, like I said, I don't know if his review's exclusive to season three, but in season two, uh, sec- the, the episode where. Rebecca's father dies and Rebecca is telling the story of him cheating on her mother on the same side Ted is telling the story of his father committing suicide is some of the best television production I've seen in a long time the way they go back and forth and finish the sentences like that uh, is is unbelievable. And so like that's that that kind of human story you don't get without the ethos from season one and the beginning of season two, where we learn so much about these characters. So you got to let this whole thing play out. I yeah, think. that's.
0: I, I like what you're saying. I, I, I think it's earned equity. Right. Exactly. And that's why I'm not just going, oh, my God, this is fucking garbage. Because if that would have been, like, the first time I'd ever seen it, those first two episodes, i go, this isn't for me. Right. But the thing has equity, and so I'm going to I'm gonna have faith that they're going to uh, not Game of Thrones this thing sure. at the end. Uh, even though I guess you can kind of see where most likely this is going to wind up. When it's all said and done, mm-hmm. um, with and you could have you could have seen that coming at the end of yeah. season two,
1: yeah, or even season one. They kind of uh, lay it out, and if you're a big fan, there's discussions about how this was written in three parts. So you can imagine how the three parts work out, the three right. seasons. Uh, all right, uh, let me go into the
0: email inbox, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Before I do, I would like to tell the people about. Seth Goldcamp and Design Air, Heating, and Cooling online at designairservice.com. That's design air, heating, and cooling, designairservice.com. Seth is the person that Doug Vaughn and I work with when it comes to our HVAC system. And I love this time of year when I tell people the following, it's now time to get your air conditioning checked. It's now time to get your air conditioning checked because over the next 10 days in St. Louis, there are going to be highs in the mid to upper 70s. And that means the 80s aren't that far off. When it's the 80s, you're going to be turning on the air conditioning. Make sure that air conditioning works after being off for months by getting it checked now at this time of year with Seth Goldcamp and Design Air Heating and Cooling. It could not be any easier. I do this every year, and then I get my furnace tuned up, and it's super simple. It's Seth Goldcamp and Design Air Heating and Cooling is who I use. It's designairservice.com. That's where you can go to get it taken care of. Design Air Heating and Cooling, the official HVAC provider of the Tim McKernan Show. And Mark Hanna was in of Evergreen Evergreenwell Strategies today on TMA. Jackson, you work with Mark Hanna. What do you have to say about Mark Hanna?
1: Hey, he's the great communicator. I mean, he really, yeah, he really is. is. Yeah,
0: he is. So
1: what sets him apart from everyone else. A lot of people have expertise. A lot of people have wisdom. Mark has those things, but he also has the ability to convey that to his client. And I think that's so important. And you'll know that the first time you get on the phone with Mark, you decide, hey, I want to start my financial planning for the future. And you get on the phone with Mark, you're like, oh, I know, I know why these guys speak so highly of Mark. It's so evident right from the get go, because Mark is able to convey that expertise, ex- convey that wisdom, and he truly enjoys talking to his clients. He really does. And I think that's what sets him apart. Someone who has passion for his job and wants to help people. I think that's an awesome combination and exactly what you should be looking for in the financial planner. That's why I work with Mark Hanna. And that's why you should work with Mark
0: Hanna. I said this on TMA the other day, and I am saying it now as we're doing the podcast, I'm in need of one of those Mark Hanna conversations. Mm, They're so good. So so here, I mean, that, that tells you really kind of all you need to know. I, he, that, that is the kind of person he is, uh, that I respect his perspective. That's a perfect word for it. I respect his perspective on life and how he knows where, cause everybody's situation is different, you know? I mean, whereas I am and my family is dying to move to Florida, mm-hmm. uh, Jackson, you are not. And so he's going to handle my questions. Uh, In a different manner than he would with you. Why? Because it just depends on a person's priorities. And that's just kind of the way things are. Uh, And so therefore, he's not just somebody who's going to go, "Okay, oh, I put this person in this plan. It's case by case. And he is he is such a good listener and he has wonderful perspective. I. I would call it wisdom, but I don't even know if it's wisdom. And so when they have somebody who's thinking through things like that for you as your financial advisor, you just couldn't ask for much more. You'll feel good when you get off the phone with them or you get off the Zoom call with them, 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. That's Mark Hanna, Evergreen Well Strategies. All right, Jackson, here we go. Can't wait for this one. Hey, Tim, I was watching golf over the weekend and saw some guys wearing white belts. Made me think back when you and Wellington were implying there was some stigma to doing that a while back when he was on the show, I thought the rules were you can match your belt to your shoes or hat. So I was curious what the story was for why you don't care for them. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. It comes from Steve. Uh, I was not aware whatsoever about the white belt thing until I played around right after I started playing golf again. I didn't play from 2005 until 2016. Um, And I played, maybe this was 2017, and I wore a white belt and I was playing with Wellington and Skip Berkmeyer. And I believe a friend of mine named Matt McHugh, wonderful gentleman, went to high school with me, was a Sigma Chi with me at Missouri. uh, So I've known him a long time. And they hammered me for the white belt after the round as we were enjoying a libation. And I'm going, the fuck? I go, I don't even, you know, okay, what's going on? And I go, what's the deal with the white belt? And and I think it was Wellington. He goes, do you know who Brian Gay is? And I said, he's a guy on tour, right? And he goes, yeah. He goes, Brian Gay is the kind of guy who would wear a white belt. Now, for those of you still predisposition to thinking that there might be some kind of double entendre insult with his last name, that is not what he was saying. He was saying that it was kind of a fashion faux pas that somebody who doesn't necessarily have style right would wear that was the that was the implication jackson
1: gotcha yeah i mean my thoughts on it uh especially when it comes to golf attire is look good feel good play good and if you look if you think you look good and feel good wearing a white belt then god bless wear it all day Absolutely, I I used to wear a white belt. I used to wear it all the time when I was down in Florida or when I was in high school. Always with the white belt. I kind of didn't necessarily like the look for it. Look, you know, as time went on, I didn't like the look as much, so I retired it for myself. But I don't judge if someone wants to wear a white belt. God bless America. Uh, our friend Iggy Strode often wears a white belt, and I think he looks great in it. So, yeah,
0: he is a he's a he's a white belt guy. So yeah, I that's that's how I became aware of it uh i am uh i am not uh anti white belt i wear i mean hell i wear a ball cap damn near all the time um i'm sure a lot of people wouldn't wear a ball cap i uh wear jeans a hell of a lot probably more than the average person does so i just honest not that this is really going to surprise people i really don't care so the white belt thing uh was something that i learned about and i don't know why or how it came up when wellington was filling in on tma but i just knew that uh, he got what it like sound the alarm for the white belt or something like that yeah. white belt alert i don't know what it is i've heard him I get any trouble sort-
1: for it <laughs>
0: <laughs> but he's the one who gave me trouble for it six right. years ago so right. that's how i'm aware of it like i said i couldn't care any less Uh, I want to, uh, I want to just play and have a pleasant round and, you know, relatively speaking a nice, uh, a nice pace. That reminds me that one of the people, a nice guy, I I love, I hate, I'll play by myself. I'm just going to be practicing, but if it's going to be a busy course and in this area at this time of year, the courses are busy. The last thing you want to do is be a single behind like, you know, 10 forceps and you're just going to be sitting there. So I like when I'm paired with people and certainly as a single, you're not going to be going out there by yourself around here at this moment anyway, and was paired with two nice ladies, incredibly nice. Uh, One of which was, she was legitimately a really good player. Remember at uh, Die preserve, which is a course that uh, I know Daniel Berger is a member at friend of the show. Adam long's a member at uh, which is just to the North in Martin County, the County North of uh, Palm beach County. And uh, then one other guy, and the other guy was incredibly nice but Jackson, I, I was thinking about taking video of it, but I thought <laughs> oh, that wouldn't be a cool thing to do. Sure. He would get over the ball, and from that moment when he would get over the ball, I would say you would have an over-under of 25 and a half seconds.
1: Uh, waggling?
0: Waggling uh, and moving the club and moving the club like back, like back, like cocking his wrist back and back and uh, back. And like yippy shit, like yippy shit, like OCD-ish kind of shit. And, and he's a nice guy. Like he was already a shitty guy. I've been like, Oh, this motherfucker. Right. But Oh God, Holy crap. And I just, I just, you know, I would just sit there, you know, play on my phone, you know, same thing you might see me do on TMA if I'm kind of bored by a situation. <laughs> uh, that's why I was like, okay, I'll see what's doing here on, you know, whose ass is going to pop up on my TikTok feed right. while this is going on. L-Rice. And uh, Ella Reese usually friend of the program. And so, that stood out to me as uh, th- how much I appreciate a good pace of play. Now, Walter Kachuk likes to play 18 holes in about two hours and 15 minutes. On my flight down here, Walter Kachuk was a few rows in front of me when we were, because I guess he was flying down to Lauderdale to see his it's son on, playing right, for the right. Panthers. And uh, I hadn't seen Walter probably since he was harassing me when I was in front of him uh it sounds like a name drop it just adds to the story with playing with marcus allen i was playing with marcus allen when he lived in the st louis area and walt did not know i was playing with marcus allen and he starts screaming at us (laughs) about our pace of about our pace of play hey dirtbag how many practice swings you need before you hit the ball uh and so I uh, see Walter as I'm walking back with my wife and my two children. He goes, hey, dirtbag, what's going on? What are you doing here? <laughs> uh, so Walter is always on, and he is a pace of play god. He gets out there early. He likes to play in two, two and a half hours. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't necessarily need that. Right. But the, the 25 and a half over under second waggle, that it, it's it's like tough to watch in a yeah, way. because you know it's feel like going there's, well. Oh yeah. And I just feel and the guy who had a decent swing once he would be able to release it, but holy shit, what a what a situation, uh, what a situation that was. Alright, let me get one more in here in part because I gotta take a fucking Uber ride to Fort Lauderdale. You have no idea. Well you probably do have any idea how like I think my Uber ride to Fort Lauderdale Airport might be more expensive than my flight.
1: Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean what's that a
0: because I'm getting thirty five. Get my car minutes? shipped back to St. Louis. Uh eighty four minutes, sir. Oh boy. That's what it says. I don't know if we're taking the Florida Turnpike or, yeah, uh, 95 or what.
1: But that's yeah. and then we
0: get into St. Louis super late, so that's okay. why you'll be in the captain's chair tomorrow.
1: I'm ready to rock. Yeah, that's um... is KG and O-town coming in? I'll shoot him a text right now. That would be helpful. Um, no, but
0: a he... well-oiled machine. Question.
1: <laughs> He's. I. I always <laughs> just assume like he listens every day, so he knows, but. Right. He just knows the days. <laughs> he probably knows better. I know
0: Wellington's that. coming in for the first two days of Doug's vacation to the Mediterranean. KG and O-Town was saying he was going to come in for almost all of it. Who else should we have come in? I'll pose this to the listeners, too.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I like Marshy Marsh. Like I know the Marsh. audience likes Marshy Marsh. Love that they're very attracted to Marshy Marsh, perhaps more than anything. Who
1: can blame
0: them? Yeah. Just a hot <laughs> man. Uh, you know what Tommy was telling me? Tommy Madden had a programming. So, and since this went out over Instagram, I don't feel like I'm saying something out of school. But I guess Liv Maddox, uh, afternoon drive host of 105.7 The Point, was doing an Instagram live, and she was asked if she would ever uh, want to fill in on TMA, and she said, "Yeah," that she's a a fan of either the show or of Iggy's, <laughs> and she would like to, uh, to do the show. So I'm like, awesome. Oh, that'd be great. I I'll be honest with you. I've, I've met her and I've said hello to her in the hallway, but I really don't know her.
1: Yeah. I, I know very uh, well about her.
0: And so I, I, that would, it would truly people kind of like how, uh, learn and I wound up, we had never met, well, I guess we had maybe met, but we had never really had any form of a conversation until the first time she was on my podcast and uh and now is a regular guest probably has been on four times or so uh so that's kind of a, a high wire act of, of sorts to have especially but the podcast is one thing i mean that's just me and learn having a conversation to bring live in on tma and i don't know what her uh you know Tolerance level is for the nonsense. You know, <laughs> right. I assume. I mean, she filled in on the Riz show a bunch. Yeah. So I assume it's got to be pretty high if she's doing that program. Yeah. You know, we, we'll, we dick around uh, <laughs> w- w- like they do as well. You for know, sure.
1: Yeah. No, I think, I think she'll be great. I've heard her on the air a couple times and she's really, really good. Uh, in the few times I've heard her. So I think she'll do great. And I've heard her on the Riz show, like a clip of her on the Riz show. And she plays ball. And I think she'll be, re- I think she'll be really solid. Yeah. All weird. right. God bless.
0: So, this, so, her. In fact, there was somebody else I was thinking about. Uh, KG No Town, Marsh, live, And I felt like there was a fourth person. can't remember. You, you're welcome to fire any. Oh, Stalter. Stalter's Anthony name. Anthony
1: Stalter. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Anthony Stalter.
1: Yeah. Especially after hearing that rant the other day on 101. He's got plenty Yeah, he went, again, he went up against
0: the beef. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He went up against the beef. Yeah. Get him and the plowhawk going. They could be <laughs> become brothers by the end of the uh the program or right, let me do one more here because like I said, I've got, got an Uber picking me, my wife and two children up for an 84 minute Ugh. Uber, Ugh. probably in traffic yep. for a flight that is, I think, I don't even know. I mean, it is taking off late, but we got to get out of this house. Uh, and so I'm going to be sitting at Fort Lauderdale international with a five-year-old and, uh, and a one-year-old and then flying back late into St. Louis. And it's just going to be anarchy. That's what it's going to be, Jackson. I've been dreading this, yeah. not just because I don't want to leave, right? but because of this this travel situation. Yeah, it's brutal. But what are you going to do? Right. You know?
1: Yeah. It's, uh, There's okay. some people,
0: you know, here's a little something, pro tip for those going to spring training. Because if you want to travel out of Fort Lauderdale, which is about an hour-ish south, 84 minutes, as you heard me say, uh, from Jupiter, some South City friends of mine, the Mattingleys, uh, they uh, drive up to Orlando, which is about two hours away, because they also have a nonstop flying out of Orlando, and uh, but you can leave at like a, a reasonable time as opposed to like I think the flight out of Fort Lauderdale is either six in the morning or seven thirty at oh, night. That sucks. Oh yeah, that sucks. so. It's just brutal. And then when you got young children, I mean, holy shit. Yeah, so, right. anyway, all right, let me read this uh, and then we'll uh, bring the heat. Dear uh, Michael, come on, Michael, don't hang up on me. That's what <laughs> I, I just read, whatever is written in. An oft discussed topic on the radio program are the likes of, quote, guys that various members of the show get annoyed with. Things like soccer guy are often derisively in reference to interactions show hosts have with people they are frustrated with. I'm a big fan of the sport of soccer, and I previously confused the discussion of soccer guy and soccer guy being the worst as an attack on something I really enjoy and have a strong passion for. It seems to be used pejoratively for those that act pretentiously in gatekeep fandom. So perhaps in retrospect, I am not really soccer guy at all, though, because while I'm more than happy to discuss the sport with any open minded, willing participant, I also don't care at all if anyone else enjoys the sport or not. And I do not go out of my way to evangelize or promote soccer. But then again, in this case, does anyone really realize they are, quote, soccer guys? So maybe I am and just don't know it. That's a nice moment of uh, self-awareness there, which leads me to my question. Considering that the concept of a, quote, unquote, guy is meant to indicate something a person enjoys that is open for mockery or ridicule, what type of, quote, unquote, guy are you? What type of, quote, unquote, guy is Jackson? Insert pithy, witty closing remark, <laughs> Not Caller Adam. P.S. Again, I'm enjoying the show, P.S.S. As the original author of the lyrics for the free dotem version of the master's theme song, I can confirm that it took me a whole five minutes to write it. I had no idea this guy
1: wrote that. Holy shit.
0: I didn't know that. Oh, and I was just reading P.S.S.'s here in this email from uh, Not, Not Caller Adam. Adam. I feel like he's had some I didn't other know good that. ones before. Oh, yeah. he's a, he, he and Timmy Recaps are the yeah. superstars and Deebs <laughs> are the course. superstars of QFTA. Um, Deaves is a superstar aware right, of
1: this. I, he really is. Uh, he needs to superstar.
0: make a Yeah, he needs to make a return with a erotic story. All right, I will answer what type of guy Jackson is. Jackson, you can answer what type of guy I am. Uh god, the thing about you is you just there, there's nothing really like bad or make funnable of. Mm, Dead serious one. about that. I, I have one. I mean, basketball. I Missouri
1: basketball? I'm very. I, I want. Pale, bald? Yeah. I mean, I,
0: I kind of don't. I mean, you're, if you're making fun of like somebody's appearance at, at, a, at a certain point in life, it's kind of sad. Yeah, agree. You know? Agreed. So you can't be talking about that.
1: So is this question. Like, I don't know. What, what is kind it? Of, what, like what guy I mean, I would say basketball guy. No, movie That's guy. That's what I would say. Movie snob guy. That's oh, what I would Oh, yeah, am. but I.
0: Uh, you movie snob?
1: Movie snob. Like, to an extent. Oh, are you movie and, snob? I, and I'm working really? on it. I'm working on it. Like, the other day, someone, one of my buddies or someone, Uh, It was, like, someone asked them, like, their favorite movie, and they're like, oh, man, probably Limitless. And I literally audibly said, Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) And I was like...
0: Limitless? Is that the Bradley Cooper movie? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I was like... Yeah, I I
0: actually agree with you on this, and I'm not a movie snob. (laughs) I
1: was like, Jesus, what are we doing? And I was like, wait. Like, you know, especially after last week, what I said about being passionate and let people be passionate about things. That's bad. I I need to work on that. But I am. Like, I I do, like get frustrated sometimes
0: yeah that wasn't that was an odd rant from you i, know. I mean i don't I wish i didn't with do it, it. But that just wasn't what was going on yeah okay this is a good this is a good topic we haven't talked about this this was in the middle of tma out of nowhere mm-hmm. this is this is this was the kind of thing here's my observation on it this is the kind of thing i feel like you might have been having something else going on at the moment number one nothing unrelated to tma unless like a texture got in your kitchen and then number two or emailer that that didn't make the error. and then number 2 uh, something that somebody more with more years under their belt would say not to say that you shouldn't say it because you don't have the juice mm-hmm. yet but just it was it was right. not it was not really your
1: style of
0: hosting or right. talking or whatever the fuck you'd call it that we do
1: <laughs> right yeah i mean i think Looking back on, like I, I, truly believe what I said, and I absolutely do. I just, I, I think that uh, this forum actually QFTA would have been a better medium to express it. I don't think TMA, and I think it was just, I think I go through uh, peaks and valleys of not letting anything anyone says to me affect me, and then letting things affect me, and like I think I was in a a valley or peak, whichever you'd like to describe it as of letting while on the
0: air that's dangerous i know
1: i know and I, i'm i'm actually if you're the, an exposed nerve then right and if my reaction to that wind totally exposed is what i did then i'll take that because that could be better than uh, another option that people have gone down before in radio history <laughs> uh wind being an exposed nerve but yeah i, I guess i was just you know kind of letting things get to me and i was just kind of frustrated by it and you know i uh I, I let loose a little bit on something that I've, I've had this theory for a long time, but I, I don't think uh, an angered or even a little bit tilted uh, disposition was the right way to say it. I wish I would have said it in a positive way because it is a positivity message.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, and I, I realize some people listening to this have no idea what we're talking about. But Jackson, uh, what was the, what was what was the overall theme of what you said? Kind said, of apropos of nothing, really.
1: I said it's cool to be, it's cool and should be promoted or like celebrated when people are passionate about things that others might view as trivial, and that being optimistic is like a better natural way to look at things than being constantly cynical or pessimistic.
0: Which I agree with. Yeah. For the record, I don't think that's something that people can necessarily control. Um, As weird as it's like, I would love to have um, a better attitude, Mm -hmm. period. I mean, there's really nothing else to say. Like, I would love to have a better attitude. But I I feel like there's kind of a push and pull um, on somebody who's Who who's the most upbeat person you know outside of me?
1: (laughs) Uh, Plowhawk is right the hell up there, man.
0: Yeah, I would say Plowhawk. Like up until 2018 or so, (laughs) I don't think
1: that the Plowhawk. Like I I
0: remember, like the first show I did, or one of the first shows I did after my older son was born, uh, was I, I said, I somebody goes, what would you like for your son? I said, I just want to be happy. I said, I would love it if my son. We're Darren Atkins in 25 years mm-hmm. because he's happy and he's content. And I view myself as at times happy, but shit has to be like going off crazy for me to be happy. You know, it has to be which which then forces me to work really hard and never being satisfied. So, you, you know, we've talked about it before. I, I go, I'll say to Doug, I I admire your you know, I don't know what the right word, contentment for lack of a better term and how he never, and he never did. I mean, I worked with him for five years at KMOV and now how many years, I guess 16 years on TMA and he just never, I mean, just, mm-hmm. I mean, just, it's the same. He could be having the worst day in the world or the best day in the world. And there's absolutely no way to tell never, ever has caused drama on TMA, yeah. never, ever has caused drama on TMA um it, which will be the thing I will miss the most, assuming I'm still doing it and he's as I'm I'm done uh because that is just that's something you take for granted when you don't have it uh going on, but uh I'm still aware of what it's like when you do have it going on. and so when you have somebody who just, you know, rolls with punches and just like whatever, but but then when Doug's response is, yeah, but I I probably left a lot of career opportunities out there because I I didn't you know I was I was content, um, but to me as I've said before it's a happier way to live. So going back to your quote unquote rant, I I agree with that. I just don't know. Like I'm looking right now, I'm looking at my two sons, and they clearly have different dispositions. Mm-hmm. The younger one, the one year old, is just this. Happy, constantly happy. Now, Jameson's incredibly, the older one is incredibly happy, but he's nonstop and he, he's got more of me in him. And in a way, I'm like, OK, this guy's got a wide delta. He's got a wide delta. But, you know, like when he'll go out like we, we one time we were in the simulator hitting golf balls and, and and he's hitting ridiculous shots from like 60 yards for a guy who just turned five. Right. The fact that he's even doing this is kind (laughs) of fucking nuts, you know. Yeah, and I'm going, oh my, you know, I'm not saying anything because I don't want to like get him, you know, in a a mindset. But you know, one of the uh, assistant pros is watching this, and then he goes, "It's not going in the hole. It's not going in the hole." And I'm like bro. Number one, you're five. And number two, you're like 50 yards out. You could drop a hundred balls and I'm not sure I'm going to hole any of those out. I mean, right. what are we doing here? So, it's, so I see that and I'm going, ah, it's going to, if he's going to be like driven like that, it could wind up leading to great things, but it also will lead to some of the shit that I deal with. So I would love to say, and I can, and I find myself saying it to him. I'm like, yeah, but this would be like my parents saying, Timmy, have a better attitude I don't know. It's like Timmy grow hair. Timmy be six foot three. Timmy can't do that shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that's
1: actually a great title to the podcast. Timmy, Timmy grow can't... hair. Timmy grows six foot three. Timmy can't do that shit. <laughs> it
0: is. We've that's tended money. to a
1: podcast title. That's money. Even though I'll have
0: an hour and a half and a fucking Uber, that'll be just, lo- you know, I'm going to be looking at asses on TikTok. Yeah, that's uh, the only option. I'm going to have to position myself away from Anna Marie so she can't see what I'm doing while we're... In this Uber. Um, so that's the thing about it. Like, it sounds good. And you can get one of those guys on HGH on, who's <laughs> somehow become a, <laughs> a, 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 what do they call them now? I don't even know. Like, uh, leadership guys. Yeah, this,
1: management this leadership fucking,
0: coaches. Oh, oh, my God. This hoax of an industry that has popped up courtesy of social media screaming at you to have a better attitude. But it doesn't work that way. It just I, I feel like you're kind of programmed that way. You know, I mean, I have a video of my five year old when he was not even three months old, kicking his legs, obviously can't sit up, kicking his legs and kicking a ball like a like he had storted 30 rails. And so it's no surprise to me, the engine, the motor that he has, even though now it's almost been five years since then. And so if my one-year-old winds up having that going on, I'd be shocked because I can already kind of tell it what – I feel is now some parents might listen and go, motherfucker, you got a five-year-old and a one-year-old. You have no idea what you're talking about. But what I'm trying to say is I think that so much of who we are is just the way – things are. It's not necessarily a choice. Perhaps you can have perspective. One of the things I know I use in golf, if I'm playing, whether it be like for a lot of money or a competition that I care about, there's breathing mechanisms that you can use, which then helps the physical performance. Sure. Uh, there's that. But as far as overall attitude, I would love to feel like it's, it's controllable, but I just don't know if, it, if that's a real thing. And that's coming from somebody with a bad attitude who wants to have a good attitude.
1: Yeah, and so I think that that's a very good point. Something I I uh, haven't considered. You have now. a great attitude. I appreciate that. But here's the here's what I would say about because I agree that people are predispositioned, they're preconditioned, their muscle memory, in a sense, is a certain attitude. I think the idea is uh, because stuff like that, like your general attitude, you don't have to think about. it. It's like breathing; it just is how you are. The idea is that you are cognizant of that and. If it's something that you don't like, try to think differently when you think about it. You know, obviously, when push comes to shove, you're going to do stuff. Your fire flight's going to kick in and you're going to be who you are or you're conditioned to be. But in times where you can reflect, you can have perspective and think about things, then it's good to be like, all right, I don't like this about myself. Let me try to look at this situation differently if you can have that opportunity. If you can't, you know, like I said, in quick moments, you're just going to fall back, which is fine. That's how we're built. But I think that's kind of what, like I was thinking, like for people who are constantly cynical or pessimistic, like when that happens, maybe think about the other side of it. Same thing for someone who's constantly optimistic because then you're going to open yourself up right. to being naive. And so, sure.
0: I, yes, I agree with that. I, 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 I do feel like I recognize when I, and I'll tell this at this point now, I mean, when you're with somebody for 15 years, you, you know, my wife recognizes it and I recognize it in her because I think we have some of the same traits. I mean, almost all of the time where I am in a bad place, it has absolutely nothing to do with mm-hmm. any member of my family. It, it, back in the day, especially pre, you know, 2022, it ha- would have to do with work, uh, way more often than not. Sometimes I just get a shitty night's sleep yeah. and I don't tell you guys on the show, but I bet you could probably figure it out sometimes where I just had a bad night's sleep. Yeah. And then I'm going to be on the air hosting four straight hours. And with TMA, we really don't have breaks. I mean, we do, but they're you know, brief Mm -hmm. and then balloon party has brief breaks. So essentially I'm talking for four hours and if I'm just not on, I can tell. I mean, I, I can absolutely tell. And I feel like if you're a keen listener of TMA in particular, uh, you'd be able to tell. So there are things that are extenuating circumstances with it. And it's interesting to make that observation because I do feel like when it comes to not making business decisions emotionally, which is something we talked about a few episodes ago, I feel like I am conscious of that and I do control that. And if I'm, if I'm experiencing some semblance of a high, I recognize that I'm on some semblance of a high, not a drug-related high. But, you know, I'm in a good place mentally. Don't make a business decision. And if I'm in a bad place mentally, as tempting as it might be to act, to feel like I'm going to alleviate that feeling of uh, negativity by taking action, that's an action that most likely— I would regret when I experience some kind of emotional equilibrium, in other words, in the next day or two. And so I know now at this point in my life, and this is just something that comes with experience, that I recognize my state of mind. And if, if it's in an extreme one way or the other, then I am not going to do anything that would have some semblance of a lasting. In fact, at least I try to. It's not to say that I'm pitching a perfect sure, game on sure. it, but I'm, but I'm certainly aware of it. So it would be wonderful... From an attitude perspective to go, for example, two days ago, I'm out playing golf with the great Pete Prinze. The cat would love to mention Pete (laughs) Prinze on uh, the program. He used to be the Cardinal strength and conditioning Uh coach. He lives he lives down here and we're playing at Abacoa and it has driven me up the wall in a way that's really fucking strange and sad that I haven't broken 80 at a course that I feel like I could shoot around even on. Mm -hmm. Now, as I said, at the start of our podcast, I know it's mainly because of the wind and it had been in particular super windy around here over the last week or two weeks. And, you know, as per usual, the first hole is not real difficult, as is the case at a lot of golf courses. And, you know, I think I have a decision between a gap wedge and a pitching wedge, you know, from the fairway for, you know, my approach shot. So it's not really tough. Mm -hmm. And I wind up hitting it off the hosel because I tried to fly it out of the wind for some fucking reason. Like I can pull this shit (laughs) off and it goes, you know, ricocheting behind a tree. And then I have to chip out from behind that. And I wind up with a seven and I'm like, Oh, son of a bitch. I mean, there's nothing I can do now outside of somehow shoot four over the rest of the way, which is probably going to be very unlikely considering I'm shooting in the mid eighties with windy conditions. And, but, but somehow I was able to go, OK, well, then I'm going to make sure I just work on things throughout this round. And I'm seeing Pete, who I hadn't seen in a couple of years. And I'm not going to I'm not going to allow this to go. Motherfucker, I got a seven. Now I got to grind and, you know, birdie three of the next six <laughs> holes to get the score back to even, you know. Right. And I'm like, oh, I could. I, and I did do that. And it and it helps my performance, actually. And I did start to get things right. Still wound up shooting in the 80s. But uh, there, there is that awareness. I wish I had that because really the bigger picture would be. As I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are thinking, you motherfucker, you do this show, this stupid ass show, you've been doing it for 20 years, you're down in Florida doing the show and you're on a golf course and you're bitching, you know, like fuck off. That <laughs> that really, that, 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 that's what I think most people listening to that would be thinking like, oh, you had a triple bogey fuck off you know and so I wish I had that perspective but at the same time the fact that I got the triple bogey then led to me going to the range the next day and doing nothing for two hours outside of focusing on the way I would approach that kind of shot and any shot inside of 50 yards and and then it made me play the round I talked about starting off the mm-hmm. podcast and so it's a push and a pull. But honestly, I would rather be the guy who's shooting 100 and doesn't give a shit. I I say that, but maybe I'm saying that because I'm the the other guy and the grass is always greener, which is when I talk to Doug and I say, God, I'm so envious. And he goes, yeah, but I should have done this with my career and I could have done this with my career. And I didn't because I was content, you know, so it's grass is always greener. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Jack?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think
0: I'm asking for advice from you. uh, (laughs) 21 years, my junior.
1: Sure. I think that no matter what, for the most part, total satisfaction will always elude us because there's always the what if. There's always the what if I was built like this. What if I had done this? What if I had done that? What if I can do this? What if I can do that? We simply, there's too many variables, too many questions out there to always be completely satisfied. I think like you were saying is understanding in the moment, like if you're able to recognize in the moment, like okay, maybe this isn't going to happen, but I can still make a good thing out of this. Like you talked about with that round, starting off with a seven. Okay, I can still make this round worth it because I'm with someone who I haven't seen in a while and I like hanging out with, and I can work on things that I know I need to get better at. And so having that... I think is so great because, yes, you won't be fully satisfied because it's unlikely you're going to break 80, but you can still get a lot of things out of it. And looking back on it, you know, especially when you come back to St. Louis and we have, you know, whether it be a cold or a rainy day, you're like, you know what? I really enjoyed that round back then. 100%. And so I think that, like you said, like the grass is always greener. You could think this way is a better way to live or that way is a better way to live. But like I said, total sax- satisfaction will almost always elude us. So just being content with who you are and knowing that you're doing your best and that at the end of the day, you can you know, rest your head and know you gave something your best effort or that you handled something maturely or you're improving day to day on things you want to improve on. That's all that really matters. See, that's why, that's
0: why your maturity at 25, I envy that. And, and that's why when, when not Colorado poses the question, what guy are you? And the and the only thing you can come up with, I thought it was going to be basketball guy, mm-hmm. although I don't really know what basketball guy looks yeah, like, Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but uh, is movie guy, which, you know, I sat there and I thought about it for a few minutes and it didn't even cross my mind until you said it. Mm-hmm. And with me, it's like asshole guy, <laughs> pervert guy, atheist guy, you know. Uh, yeah, Atheist guy t- is t- something t- t-
1: fun to examine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so well, not really into popular God. <laughs> in the Midwest or whatever. We're basically a Southern city now, but we were when I was born a Midwestern sure. city. Uh, that you know, like you're you're movie guy, right? And I'm asshole guy, you know, <laughs> and never happy that. guy, you know. And so uh, it, it's just like you know. So th- 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 that's that. That's the, your answer. Wonderful. But yeah, there's just there's and when I say there's nothing there, I'm saying that not as there's a nothingness there. I'm saying it's a great thing. Like if somebody were to say, like my mom, who I think is the most wonderful person in the world, which most people feel about their mother. Uh, like if somebody said, what would you say? Like, you know, to call her, quote unquote, what guy, quote unquote, what gal is she? And I go, God, I don't She's just always ha- like if anything she's just always happy I mean, she's always happy gal what a fucking terrible thing to say right you know whereas you know last night i'm on the phone with my dad wonder where i got it from and he's like how's it going you know i sent him some videos jameson when i was on the golf course with me it's my favorite absolute favorite thing in the world and uh and it's just me and him and you know it's 80 degrees and it's four in the afternoon and there's nobody around i mean holy shit! it's just the absolute best thing and I said, yeah, and we're driving, b- driving back up from the course to our place. So we got to f- flying back late tomorrow night. I'm fucking miserable. He goes, oh, Timmy, I know we're leaving. You know, he's been in, he's been in Hilton Head since January. It's like, oh, we're going back in four weeks. I'm your mother wants to go back in four weeks. I don't know why. You know, I'm <laughs> like. You got a full month left. Somehow the Harbor town, the heritage now has become this ridiculous field. They're going to have damn near every single top 50 player because it's a designated event and it's in his backyard (laughs) and he's already dreading going home in a month. That's, that's his mindset, you know? And I don't go, boy, I've been, it's like Iggy, you know, sharpshooting, you know, it's always unique when it's coming from him, but, He's like, well, I mean, you have been there for a month. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you're right. I have it. Most people would love to have been here for a month. But in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to go. You know, I don't want to. And so that's what I focus on. The Jackson Burkett way of it would be, I think, man, I'm so glad that we got this month and I was with my wife and my sons and got a chance to experience this weather and, you know, going out in the ocean and fishing and golfing and the restaurants uh, you know, and, and all the shit and going to Cardinal games with my sons, all these things, but that's not how I think. And I, and I, and I, as I'm saying it, I'm thinking I'm, I'm listing my gratitude and I do have gratitude for the stuff that we've been able to do career wise.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, but when I'm listing the stuff that's more personal, I don't know why that I, I don't know why I can't, I don't know why I can't, I, my, my professional mindset is so much more, I don't know what the right word is good or effective, I suppose, right? versus the personal and it just is something that i i'm at this point i look at i go okay it's just not something that's likely going to change which is why i say i just think it's kind of something that you're born with but at the same time i suppose the counter to that as i argue with myself could be with professional i've felt like it's necessity to change like i could not engage in radio wars so to speak when we had you know things going on because then there would be consequences to people on the show if I did. Uh, so I'm just like, okay, I'm going to bottle it up. Why can't I do the same thing with the personal? Because I've kind of trained my mind to handle professional things that I don't think a lot of people actually would handle in the way that I've handled. And I think the way I've handled it have been, have been pretty good considering the cards that were dealt. But personally, I think I handle shit terribly. And I don't understand why that is, but that's how I view it. So I don't know. So, yeah, asshole guy, bald guy, yeah. short guy, negative guy, uh, atheist guy. I think more agnostic, actually, go more agnostic. I'd like to issue a correction on that. Sure. Uh, pervert guy, certainly pervert guy. Uh, what else do we have, Jackson?
1: Here's what I think it is. And I think it has to do more professionally, but also a little personally. And I'm going to expound on it. So, when you hear it, you might be okay, like, okay, what do we got? So, I think that you are. Poker guy, I think that you are poker guy in the sense that you see every different business situation, or even like when we play golf, I notice it is everything is like a hand of poker. There's a risk, there's reward, there's analytics, there's statistics that go into it, there's probability that goes into it, a lot of risk reward stuff, and it's also emotionless in the sense that you know you never want to give away, you never want to tip your hand, you never want to give away what you are thinking. And so you analyze things from a very much similar to a poker hand, uh, as you were once uh, often a, a poker player, so that you analyze things based similarly to how a poker player would handle a hand. And I think that has shaped a lot of, like you said, these business decisions, like you literally just said, like the car, how the cards have been dealt. And that's how I think that you think about things. And that, in a professional sense, is... Great, because it does remove emotion from business, which we've discussed before, is key. But then it can also carry over to the personal life.
0: Which, to finish off what I think is a brilliant master's thesis that you have just applied to my life, I tip my cap again, (laughs) uh, which in a personal life is not as good. So like when I'm arguing with my wife, for example, and it drives her up the wall, especially with my memory, and I'm just like, well, th- no, this happened, and then this happened, and it's just like a calm, not to say it's always calm, but a, but a calm emotion, because if she's emotional and I'm, you know, I'm like Taylor in billions, right. you know, <laughs> responding, <laughs> it, it, it isn't what it isn't what a, 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 a female, or probably a male, but certainly uh, females I have been with in my life, it's not what they want. Right. They want to see emotion. You know, they want to see that you care. And I'm arguing it like I'm trying a case, you know. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I true, and I don't know. I don't know if it goes back to the film that I'm incredibly upset that you don't like the girl next door, (laughs) Uh, Timothy Oliphant saying always make sure the juice is worth the squeeze, which is essentially what I now uh, live by when it comes to decisions. I suppose I think the same. Yeah, I mean, like I had a 260 yard shot into a par five. And because it took a couple days ago, wind was with me and I'm like, I think I can do it. And because I was already like eight over par, I'm like, fuck it, you know, <laughs> right. let's do it. Whereas if I were hovering around even, I'd be like, all right, let's hit a seven iron up there and, you know, then right. hit a wedge in and, you know, we'll take it from there. So that, that is how I, I do think through things, you know, and sometimes my wife, when I'm talking about a situation will offer up what is truly 100 percent coming from a good place as far as a solution but i know it's not realistic and you know i'll be like what are we doing here you know i mean let's you know if we're going to come to the table and try to fix things let's come to the table with something that's that's realistic and all she's trying to do is help and i'm just a complete fucking asshole you know i mean but it's just it's it's not i'm telling you listen I want the kids to listen cuz I know the kids listen I know they play this in grade schools throughout South St. Louis they play QFTA yeah. you think usually on Fridays don't be like me kids not that not that you were looking to be like me but I want the kids to hear this don't be like me kids Jackson don't be like me not that you were looking to be like <laughs> me but don't be like me
1: I hear what you're saying yeah and I think like I yeah. said it benefits very much professionally it sometimes bleeds over personally but again right. it's all about it's all about like recognizing things and understanding and like being more in touch with yourself. And the only way you can do that is kind of talk about it. That's why, you know, people who are, you would like, you like look from the outside, you're like, oh, that person is in great position. They're super, seem super happy, have a great life. They still do therapy or something like that because it's really cathartic. And it's really good to just talk things out as opposed to leaving it in your head. And uh, that's how I feel sometimes. I just talk with my parents or my brother or my sister and I'll just talk about life. And I just feel so much better afterwards. That's what we're talking about with Mark Hanna, just talking about life. Sometimes just spinning yeah, things out of your mouth. Yep. Like it's almost like, like expunging it from your system makes things easier to understand. I don't know. It's just kind of I how agree people's with brains that. work.
0: I feel better when I'm able to talk about this. That's what made the, the KFNS situation from 2016 to 2021 so tough because our audience was not – our audience was a hundred percent hip to the situation with the man and the woman and we we're a hundred percent on our side and it was easy and it was great. And it, you felt a lot of support. So I didn't feel like, okay, there's like this thing that's bottled up that I can't explain. I mean, that would have been really tough, but in 2016 and 2021, the audience still doesn't have a gauge. the audience still doesn't have a gauge on it and I can't blame them because nobody's talked about it. Right. I mean, as far as the detail stuff goes, but it just doesn't know and then would have certain people as heroes and certain people as enemies and, you know, and, and or, you know, a little bit of both when it wasn't right. And and and, I, and then and then I would be the villain at times and I go, motherfucker, how in the hell am I the villain? I know what I'm I know what I'm doing and I know how the sacrifices that I'm making. And now I'm the villain. How the hell did this happen? And that was really tough. And it would have been so wonderful to be able to just talk about it. Right. Because then, then number one, our audience would have known, and then number two, uh, it wouldn't have been built up, and I wouldn't have been internalizing it. Yeah, exactly. Um, they, so every day, I was kind of this not necessarily ticking time bomb, but certainly uh, every day it was like, okay, got to get through the show today, and not, you know, not air something because then all of a sudden, you know, a hostage will get shot, for lack of a better term, or quote unquote, self furloughed, mm. and so. Just got to get through it. And that was that's what made that situation so tough. Whereas the man and woman thing, as dumb as it was, it was easy. You know, I mean, it was it truly was, again, relatively speaking to the other stuff that we endured. And I know that's the funniest one, but it was easy because the audience was right on what was going on. And we didn't have to say anything. We could just the audience is on our side and everybody knew what was going on. And, you know, I mean, I guess that's that helps when somebody does a press conference, you know, that that certainly
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. that, that certainly help, that helps the cause. We don't have to really say anything. But right. uh, yeah, that I, I and I think that's why I love doing this this particular show, this particular podcast, because I'm just like, OK, I don't I don't think twice on what I'm going to say. And so in a way it is therapeutic because I just I talk about it and uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad that people enjoy listening to it. But uh, it's it's the freest I am doing this podcast because it's not like, OK, I, I can't I got to I got to go back to the Cardinal outfield situation or else, you know, somebody in balloon party is going to have, you know, have a coronary uh, in the text inbox, yeah. um, you know, or on TMA, you know, it's either don't talk sports or how come you're not talking sports or, you know, more from Iggy or stop talking or whatever, whatever that is. And this is just, hey, this is me and you bullshitting. Right. And if people want to listen to it, they got it. And if they don't want to listen to it, turn it off. It's fine with me. Um, exactly. But yeah, it, it, when when people pose those questions, it kind of speaks to it. Like, so if I were to think about the, the people on, on TMA, you know, I would put you more in the category of Doug, pre 2018 19 Plowhawk more in the category of Doug. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I Iggy's attitude, I suppose, would be closer to mine, but obviously the drive isn't necessarily there. Right. So, so I don't, I don't really know. But at the same time, Iggy, Iggy has the lowest overhead of everybody. I'm pretty sure, uh, and 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 he has zero interest in in changing. Right. And so I would say he has contentment. Yeah. You know. Agreed. So,
1: agreed. He's very. Content.
0: I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the. I'm the guy who's like on a mission to you know I just I can't I can't fucking stop but I but I have told my wife if we got this and we did this I said I'm done and i and I I and I say it sincerely and I'm like I, I would imagine and I you know I left television and so many people when they leave television it's like they gotta go to another television job. I left television and that was the last you saw of me. So you know I I mean it when I say I'm going away I'm going away. I mean it's <laughs> that's and and I and I and I cannot and I cannot wait To to do it. It's not because I haven't enjoyed doing it. It's just, it's like, okay, I've done it for a long time. I've enjoyed it, but I just kind of want to, you know, do something different at some point. I'm not not announcing a retirement or anything, but uh, yeah, just uh, what was the thing? I I, I think of this sometimes and I'll sometimes say it to my wife. Uh, The Andy Richter tweet that you cite.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, It's never been a better time. In America, to be uh, mean and stupid.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm like,
1: boy, I'll tell you what, nothing has summed it up. That's
0: perfect. And I'm just like, yeah. And I'm just like, fortunately for me, at this point in my career, I'm like, yeah. You know, I can I can check out of the hotel. And be like, yeah, good two-decade run. God bless America. But for somebody, and I don't necessarily, and I think we talked about this recently, I don't think that this is necessarily where you are going to wind up when you're 46 years old doing shows. You might be owning something or producing something, but not necessarily in the role I'm in. Uh, If you're at the start of this with this kind of thing where, you know, there's all these social media things and you could get taken out by burners and all the bullshit, Mm -hmm. oh, my God. Uh, you know i had 15ish years of i mean i, I still had some crap with message boards and right, stuff but right. relative to what it is now ooh i wouldn't wanna <laughs> yeah. be starting out and and dealing with the toxicity that exists right. now and going, oh my god i got like 40 yards or 40 years more of of this shit <laughs> right. you constant, know there's constant, no way yeah. to possibly navigate the the minefield you know
1: exactly yeah it can be very treacherous
0: No, it'd be a miserable way. So there it is. Uh, Not caller Adam. That's why you and uh, uh, Timmy Recaps uh, and Deebs are uh, three of the MVPs on QFTA. Outstanding question, as always. All right. uh, You can send your questions, comments in. Anything is welcome. Everything is welcome. And I guess I asked for TMA conspiracy theories. I did not get any this week. Really? Team McKernan at Inside STLA. Yeah, I didn't. I thought thought that was a good topic. I thought for sure. But again, no but then that would require actually like addressing it as opposed to just like privately talking about it in a group text or yeah, in that's what you're Yeah. and then it can like blow the whole thing up. Mm. So anyway, uh, team McKernan inside STL.com time for us to shut it down for action. Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. Thank you to our sponsor, Seth Goldcamp with design air, heating and cooling, Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, and Peter Munganast with St. Louis accurate.com and Altontoy.com. That is Munganast. uh, with, Uh, Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, evergreenstl.com. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency at carltoninsurance.net. And Ryan Kelly, the HomeLoanExpert.com studio sponsor for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network.